You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. I'm Heather Donahue. We have a bunch of Penn State recruiting talk to get into here on a Tuesday edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. Andrew Ivins, who does a great job covering the Southeast, read the impact of Cider on this staff during recent years. And we got a lot of players to focus on. A couple commits popping up in April for Penn State out of Florida. Several targets have locked in official visits. Um, we got a bunch to talk about with Andrew. We'll put it that way. But first, some local recruiting news and local meaning in-state players. Rodney Gallagher announcing that he is set to commit on the 4th of July. I put that out there on Mother's Day Sunday. And by the way, any moms out there listening or maybe hearing in the background, hope you enjoyed your Sunday and were spoiled. Big announcement from Gallagher, considering that Penn State is the final official visit on his schedule before that announcement. Set to host him June 17th to 19th. Last week, we had Brian Doan on, national recruiting analyst uh, based here in the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast region, uh, discussing just how much the Nittany Lions have going on in June, especially that week. So Gallagher, 4th of July commitment, he's got West Virginia, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, then Penn State in that order to spend official visits at during the month of June leading up to his decision. You can also add in-state running back London Montgomery to that June 17th through 19th official visit weekend. We talked about Tamir Robinson coming to campus as a top in-state prospect as well, the edge rusher from Pittsburgh. Here's another key name to know as well alongside him, Gallagher, London Montgomery, really emerging as a top running back here in the state of Pennsylvania, getting some verified speed numbers out there during the track season in the spring and a name that we have talked about to keep circled as Penn State searches for running back options here in the 2023 cycle. Um, got a few more things to get to, including some crystal ball forecasts later here in the episode, but let's jump right into it with Andrew Ivins, uh, because as we said, two commitments out of Florida in April, maybe some potential for more as we move forward through the official visit window into June when we're going to see guys pop up here. It's happened in the past 48 hours in Happy Valley, ultimately equating to a commitment from Florida. Not all of those careers have panned out up here in State College, uh, but Penn State, a lot of darts on the board right now, Andrew, in the state of Florida. Yeah, you know, uh, we're in the spring evaluation period. Uh, Florida, one of the states that's fortunate enough to have spring football practices right now. So, you know, I'm out on the road interacting with kids and uh, Penn State is a school that I continuous, or continuously hear brought up um, by a variety of different prospects all throughout the state. I was up in Jacksonville, um, you know, last week, tons of kids mentioned in Penn State down here in South Florida. You know, it's just kind of uh, one of the flavors, I would say, of the spring evaluation period, Penn State. Well, the headliner and the splashiest pickup to this point was a top 24-7 quarterback. We've been talking for a while who's going to be the act to follow the Drew Aller and and, and Bo Prabula rec recruiting class at quarterback. And we got our answer in April as Marcus Stokes committed. He was on campus a couple of times. Uh, this is a guy out of Nice High School that that is going to continue to generate interest from within that southeast region. I think we've seen that pretty clearly. What do you think ultimately led to, to his decision in the spring when he was seemingly a guy whose trajectory was on the rise? You know, I think Penn State just did an excellent job of making Marcus Stokes feel wanted. You know, they were one of the first real Power 5 schools to go after him. They were one of the first Power 5 schools to develop a relationship with him. Uh, they got him on campus, um, you know, for that junior day there in January. 
then a ton of offers came in. Um, you know, it was hard to get a read on from the family about what they were going to do. Are they going to wait it out? Um, you know, Florida had expressed some interest. FSU had expressed some interest. Miami had expressed some interest. Uh, and then they went on that road trip. And by no way, I didn't had no idea that he was going to commit. And then next thing you know, he shows up uh, at Penn State, I think, for a two-day visit, ends up committing. Um, and I just think it, fit-wise, it, it checked all the boxes Penn State did for Marcus Stokes. You know, his coach, Colin Drafts, is really well-respected in Florida. He works a lot of the camps down here. He's had some high-profile quarterbacks over the years. Woody Barrett, one of them who ended up at Auburn. I think he finished his career out at Kent State. But he's been involved in some high-profile quarterback recruitments. And he told Marcus – you know, Marcus called him and said, hey, I'm going to commit to Penn State. And he basically asked Marcus, hey, well, let me, let's go through some things right here. Penn State just signed Drew Aller. He's one year ahead of you. You know, you have to understand that that guy's ahead of you. And Marcus didn't didn't seem to, that didn't phase him. That didn't bother him. You know, he's not afraid of the competition. The second thing he, he brought up was these in-state schools, at some point, they're probably going to come and offer you a scholarship. Are you prepared to stick with Penn State? Marcus said yes. And I think that's why he ultimately committed um, I think he loves his decision. You know, I was up there for one of their spring workouts. He was wearing Penn State wristbands and all that stuff. And I asked him, hey, where, where do things stand? He's like, my recruitment has slowed down. I don't know if he's going to enroll early, um, but he seems to be all about Penn State. He seems to be all about his senior season. He lost a lot of his weapons um, going from this past season when they made a deep run in the state playoffs. So he was out there like essentially coaching up a bunch of guys. It was pretty Pretty cool to see. And, you know, Colin Drafts, his coach tells me, yeah, Miami was here on uh, on Monday. Alabama was there on Tuesday. Uh, so so there are some some guys, you know, lurking in the shadows. But I think he's all Penn State. And I, I love the fit. You know, I think this is a guy, um, you know, let's assume Drew, Drew Aller is, is the guy and he should be the guy. But, you know, if God forbid Drew Aller goes down, I think Marcus Stokes is the type of quarterback you wanted to come in right off the bench. He's kind of a change of pace guy. He's not afraid to push it down the field. He's got some swag to him. So I'm excited to see him up at uh, Penn State. Yeah, you mentioned that swag personality, you know, at the quarterback position, a guy who's going to be a willing recruiter that I'm curious to see how that may play out for Penn State down in Florida as this cycle develops. But we've got him as the number 10 quarterback in 24-7 sports rankings, 170th prospect overall, a bit higher than the composite, which has him as the number two, 22 quarterback, four-star, top 24-7 guy. What do you personally see from Stokes? Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he, he isn't afraid to, to, to take a shot and, and, like I said, push the ball down the field, uh, challenge that deep third. I think his arm strength is pretty impressive. You know, I saw him last summer at a UCF seven-on-seven camp when he had nothing going on, and his arm just kind of jumped out to me. I remember writing him up in that top performer list as a guy to keep an eye on, right? And then he goes and has this great senior – or, excuse me, junior season – and to me, it's it's the arm strength, and I, I just love his style of play. You know, he he can run the RPOs. Nice does a ton of read options, puts the ball in his hands into making a decision. Um, you know, he can – sorry, my dog's going crazy right now. I don't know why he's going crazy. Uh, you know, he, 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 he can pull it and tuck it and run. He, he ran for over 500 yards. He was Nice's leading rusher as a junior. So I love that about him. You know, my player comp, and I hate this. I hate, I hate, I hate when every time we comp a guy to a first round pick, but he does remind me a little bit of Kenny Pickett. Put on Kenny Pickett's senior huddle, right? Then put on Marcus Stokes. It's not that different. And, you know, I, I was joking with Cooper Batagna, you know, my, my colleague, I said, if there's one quarterback in this class that would fake a slide 
and, and keep running. It's Marcus Stokes. Like that's his personality. So that that's what I see in him. You know, I think he's a guy that is go. Like I said, I keep saying take risk. He's a he's a risk taker. He's gonna push the limit. So that's what I like about him. You know, I'm super happy we moved him up. And then he committed to a power five school because we were kind of nervous, like, hey, is you know some power five going to go on him? But I trust the evaluation. When I was out there at the spring practice, saw him throwing on a windy day, I was like, all right, this this is this is the guy. So we'll see what he does as a senior. But um, you know, we at twenty four seven sports on that rankings council are definitely fans. Stokes committed April 8th. A couple of weeks later, Conrad Hussey came on board at a St. Thomas Aquinas. And if you follow college football recruiting, if you follow high school football, you're familiar with St. Thomas Aquinas and the Power Five factory that they are. More on them in a moment, more on that defensive backfield in a moment. But let's start with the committed uh, Penn State uh, player here, Conrad Hussey. Um, I mean, when you turn it on, you can see this guy likes going downhill. Uh, it's a fun film to watch. What stood out to you about this commitment and what stands out to you about the prospect? Well, you know, Conrad Hussey, I mean, you mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas, right? Like if you're going to roll the dice and take a defensive back, the odds say go to St. Thomas Aquinas because uh, there's a good chance one of those guys in that defensive backfield, one or two of them, is going to be playing on Sundays. It's like if you went to the horse track, right, and you know this certain jockey was hot, like you would bet on him or a certain trainer. It's the same idea applied to St. Thomas Aquinas. They get the best defensive backs in the Fort Lauderdale area. Kids transfer in there. They get the best coaching. And Conrad's one of those guys. The first time I saw him was a spring practice two years ago. I thought it was Jordan Battle, the Alabama safety, because they had this same frame and the same build. And they're like, no, 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 that's Conrad Hussey. So, you know, he didn't put up a, a ton of numbers as a, a as a junior for St. Thomas Aquinas, which won a, a national championship or excuse me, a state championship uh, in the second highest classification. But that's in large part because they play a ton of guys. St. Thomas Aquinas does on the back end. I think what stands out about Hussey is that frame. He's over six foot one. He's got long arms. And then this spring, I mean, I knew he was fast, but he goes 10-9 in the 100-meter dash, right? He's part of a 4 by 100 team that takes third at regionals. I think they qualified for state. So I didn't know he had that straight line speed. And then just the more you learn about him, the more there is to like. You know, you mentioned that tape being really fun and exciting, him coming downhill. You know, I think he's actually a safety that you could play him as a field safety or a box safety. And, and, and with the way football is going and up-tempo offenses, you want those guys that are interchangeable on the back end that's if a play signaled in, hey, he can he, he can come up in the box or no, he can drop back and play center field. So I think it's his versatility. I think it's the testing numbers, what we're learning. And, uh, you know, I we'll, we'll see how the rankings shake up. I'm really excited to see him in these spring practices. You know, he's been locked up with track, but he's a guy we're going to be closely tracking. And I, honestly, I think Penn State got a little ahead of the curve here. I think if he had stayed on the market, more schools would have got involved once they, you know, kind of did their homework on him. Hussey had approximately 20 FBS offers. He's the number 49 safety currently in high three-star status on 24-7 sports. Um, elsewhere at St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, maybe we'll see Penn State pluck a duo from the same high school defensive backfield. They're going to get a shot with King Mac at the very least. You caught up with Mac recently. Um, he's going to be up on campus at Penn State. They're not the only Big Ten team involved here. What's the latest? Yeah, King Mac, uh, same school. Uh, Conrad Hussey's kind of running mate in that backfield. These are the two safeties for St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, I talked about interchangeable. Same thing applies to King Mac. Now, he's a bit smaller than Conrad Hussey. You know, he's a generous 5'11", 
180 pounds, but he's faster uh, and he just has a knack for making plays. Picked off four passes as a junior for the Raiders. Um, you know, I was at his regional track meet. You know, we always talk about the 100 meter dash, the 200 meter dash. Well, King's specialty is the 400. And um, man, it was an exciting race to see because that final turn, I mean, the, the other guy probably had, I don't know, 20 feet on, on him. He ends up beating this kid who's going to run track in college to win a regional title. And it was just a, a, the competitive spirit coming out of King Mac. I mean, it's a 400 meters, all out sprint endurance type race. And he's got a smile on his face. And it was just it was awesome to just see kind of like that competitor come out of him because I think that's becoming so much more important the era of the transfer portal and all that stuff. Like you want kids that want to be good at everything. And, and King Mac's one of them. You, you mentioned Penn State's in there. I think he's going to get up there the weekend. It's either the 10th or the 17th. I think the Nittany Lions have done the best job to date. The big competition seems to be Michigan State, Mel Tucker. Um, they've also kind of planted a seed in King Mac's head, and I think he's going to get up there for an official visit. Uh, but to be honest, I could see some more suitors getting involved You know, once he's done with his state track meet this weekend and he goes out there for spring practices, you know, King kind of hinted to me that he's always liked Miami. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes aren't involved yet in his recruitment. Uh, and then who knows? I mean, I think the SEC could come calling. I mean, the big knock on King is going to be his size. But, man, he can fly around, and, and he has a ton of range, and he, he's a fun, exciting prospect, just like with Hussey. You know, a guy we have as a, a high three-star right now. They've kind of had the same grade since I first knew about them. So interested to see where they finish as, as the dominoes start to fall and we get into these senior seasons. We're not done with defensive backs in Florida just yet. We can we can remove uh, St. Thomas Aquinas from the conversation for the moment, but a couple guys at, at the cornerback position per 24-7 rankings, Luke Evans, Braden Marshall, Penn State set to host both these guys in June. As I said, a lot of comings and goings, things that couldn't happen for a lot of the portions of the last couple of years because of COVID restrictions. These Florida guys are at least going to get some feet on the ground, get a chance to absorb the atmosphere in Happy Valley, and here's a couple more names. Yeah, Luke Evans, he's uh, an interesting one. You know, he's at his third school in three years. He started off at a small school in Boca Raton, which is uh, a little bit north of, in the northern part of, of, of South Florida. Plays his junior season at Parkman Stoneland Douglas, which is a big public school. Now he's going to play his senior season at Chamadon Madonna Prep. I know Penn State fans are probably familiar with the, the name of that school. And uh, I was out at their spring inter-squad scrimmage. You know, he was tasked with covering – uh, Jeremiah Smith, our number one ranked wide, ranked wide receiver in the class of 2024. I thought he held his own, but to me, Luke is he's kind of a developmental project. I mean, you, you got to think long term with him. And yeah, Cincinnati's heavily involved in his recruitment. Dad was a four year starter on the defensive line for the Bearcats years ago. Uh, so Cincinnati's also going to get an official for, visit from him. Georgia's involved, and I, I want to circle back on Cincinnati because. You know, again, I hate doing this. I hate comparing guys to first round picks, but if I had to probably pick a cornerback in my region, so Florida and Georgia, that resembles Ahmad Sauce Gardner in any way, like I think it's Luke Evans. They are built almost identical. And, you know, Ahmad Gardner was not a, a sub 1100 meter dash guy, he was not a burner in high school coming out of Detroit, Martin Luther King. And it's the same thing with Luke Evans. You know, he, he's long, he's skinny. Runs 11.25, which is a respectable time when you have that long of limbs. But, you know, it's not it's not going to get everyone super excited. So I'm not saying he's Sauce Gardner, but if, if we're thinking tools, 
try to compare a guy, I could make that comparison. I think Penn State's doing an excellent job there. You know, maybe Georgia, if they gave him the green light, would be pretty hard to beat. I'm just not sensing that the Bulldogs are going to go on him. I think he's a little bit too much of a project for, you know, what Georgia has done on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it's a Cincinnati uh, Penn State battle. Maybe give the edge right now to the Bearcats just because dad's from there. Uh, but he can absolutely go up there and fall in love with Penn State. Braden Marshall, he's one of the more, I don't want to say unique, but his rise in the class of 2023 is, it's not funny. I mean, it's just, it's its rare. We didn't see it. I, I actually went up for his first game of this junior season. He was playing against uh, Lakeland Lake Gibson, which had a pair of five stars, Cormani McLean and Sam McCall. So I'm, I'm there to see those guys. Well, Braden Marshall is the one that shuts down Sam McCall all night, has a pick, and uh, Lake Mary, his high school, ends up taking down Lake Gibson. And one of the biggest upsets of the of the season when it came to Florida high school football, he had no offers at the time. Now this is a guy up to 30 offers. He's announcing a top 10. Penn State's going to make that top 10. Penn State's going to get an official visit from him. Hard to kind of get a read on where this one, uh, this recruitment stands, but I definitely think he likes the Nittany Lions. I think he likes the coaching staff there. Uh, North Carolina also didn't get an official um, and there's a few other schools, but you know, he's, he's more of a slot corner in my eyes, more of an inside corner, 5'10, uh, 195, also a basketball player. So I think his play is very conducive to the Big Ten. I'll add that as well as I think he's a guy that can come up and run support. We'll shift over to the offensive side of the ball for things now. Andy Jean is another player that is sorting through his official visits, getting out of Florida to to take uh, to check out some campuses. And out of Miami Northwestern, Penn State is on that itinerary for him. Yeah, you know this is this this recruitment has uh, has got a second life to it here in, in, in the past few days. You know, longtime Miami commit. Well, not even a long time. Miami he commits to Miami, decommits from Miami. Uh, you know, there was talk uh, down here in South Florida that he was going to recommit to Miami. Well, all of a sudden, he's got an offer from Florida. Past few days, Michigan State offers, uh, Penn State offers, LSU offers. And then this morning, he picks up an offer from Alabama. So this recruitment's kind of all over the place. I will say this, though. I, I, I talked to Andy Jean after that same track meet I keep referencing, and he said Penn State's absolutely going to get an official visit. Uh, brought up Jahan Dotson as one of the reasons why. So if you don't think kids watch the NFL draft – uh, they do. He, he he knew Dotson by name, and he said that really opened his eyes to Penn State. So I think he wants to just get up there, see what it's like. You know, he, I, he's never been to Happy Valley. He, he he doesn't know what it's like, but he 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 likes how quickly Penn State tried to develop a relationship with him. We'll we'll see what direction this recruitment goes. I might if I had to put a crystal ball pick in, and and you know. I, Two weeks ago, I would have said it's Miami. Right now, I think it might be Florida's the team to watch out. Florida's doing a really good job there. That state track meet this weekend is in Gainesville, which means he's going to get some face time with the Gators coaches. But uh, Penn State's definitely involved with Mr. Andy Gene. Nice to have that state state track meet uh, right on campus. Uh, I don't even know how Gators, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that works out nicely. Got, they got to get the, they got to get a bigger track uh, maybe over at State College High School and, and have it in the center of the state here. I'm sure James Franklin wouldn't mind that. Hey, looking at running back, Trayon Webb uh, is the name that has surfaced for Penn State and Florida this cycle. We've seen them have success with some guys uh, bringing in Kaziah Holmes and Kevon Lee. They're still members of that running back room. Noah Kane obviously was at IMG uh, by way of another state, but we've seen him plucked up from Florida. Trayon Webb's going to make the trip up here. What's your sense of where his recruitment is trending, though? 
I think this is another one where Florida is in, in the best spot. Now, Trayon Webb, his uh, uncle was, used to be D-Webb, a, a defensive back for the Gators back in the 2000s. He had a cup of tea in the league. Um, you know, Trayon Webb, he is no stranger to this recruiting process. I mean, I remember I, like four years ago, I went to a Trinity Christian Academy practice and he was an eighth grader. And they're like, this is the next guy up. And it was funny. I was just up in the Jacksonville area, like I said, a few weeks ago. And I was like, Trayon, man, I remember we were doing this four years later. I'm pulling you out of practice to talk to you. Like, this is crazy. Like, I, I've known you longer than I've known my fiance. Like, I, I don't even know how to dis comprehend this, but here we are. Uh, and he's like, you're right. And, and then he followed that up with, well, Penn State's one of the schools that has been recruiting me for as long as you've known me since I was in eighth grade. Penn State has been involved in that recruitment. So I think if Penn State beats out Florida here uh, and maybe South Carolina, I kind of peg South Carolina as the dark horse in the recruitment, it's going to come down to relationships. And I think if I'm Jawan Sider, if I'm James Franklin, I keep riding that, that angle. Hey, we've been here through this whole thing. And we've also had success with running backs from the Sunshine State. You know, it's not been a revolving door, you know, but for, for, the, for the most part, most of the guys come here and they play. So uh, I, I think Florida, that's where my crystal ball is right now. But we'll see. I mean, Trayon Webb's recruitment has been all over the place. Committed to Georgia early on, decommits. Commits to Oklahoma, decommits. And I keep joking with him. I'm like, this third commitment's going to be the one, right? Like, we're not doing this again. And I think he agrees with me. So I think if he falls in love with Penn State, absolutely they can win. Right now, though, I handicap Florida as the team to beat there. One more defensive uh, player out of Florida set to, to visit at that 2023 class I wanted to address here, Derek Le, uh, LeBlanc, a defensive lineman. Um, he's going to be on campus for, for what figures to be their biggest official visit weekend of the summer, June 17th to 19th, uh, as of last check. Um, what do you think about, about LeBlanc as a prospect and Penn State's status within his decision-making process? Well, I mean, Derek LeBlanc, he's going to get people excited because of his measurables, right? You know, that's he, he, he's he's six five, he's long, uh, plenty of ro room to grow in that frame. You know, I'm probably not as high on him as maybe some of my other colleagues, and that opinion could change. I mean, I'm just being honest with I, I need to see a little bit more of him, and he's going to have the opportunity to impress me next week. Uh, Osceola, Kissimmee Osceola, which is where he goes to school. They're going to play Orlando Edgewater in a spring game. Orlando Edgewater is home to five-star running back Cedric Baxter Jr. So, I mean, to me, I got to see it from, from Derek LeBlanc right there. You know, his recruitment, again, another one that's been all over the place. I think he's someone that really, really enjoys being in the spotlight. Uh, as it stands right now, he's set to announce a commitment on July 23rd, and he's going to do it alongside two other high-profile um, blue chip prospects from the Orlando area, Malik Bryant, who's a linebacker at front seven defender, and then uh, Peyton Kirkland, who is a, a offensive tackle, probably more offensive guard. Um, you know, there's been rumors kind of floating around. Hey, are all the all three of these guys going to go to the same school? You know, I'm a big believer in that package deals do not work out in any way, so I don't think that's realistic. If they were to go to the same school. Uh, two options on the table really for them. It sounds like it would be Miami and it'd be Florida. You know, Derek and, and those guys have visited both those schools a bunch. Um, but I, I, I have a hunch that they're all going to kind of do their own things. Yes, they could, you know, maybe one or two of them ends up at the same school, but I don't think it's all going to be tied together. You know, Derek, um, hard to get a read on, on what it is, but he's already been uh, to Penn State before. You know, he visited in, in, in January. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. He, he was on campus. So this isn't like he's using this official visit, you know, just to take it because the Penn State's going to allow him to take it and everyone else thinks he's going somewhere else or to a Florida or Miami. Um, we'll see. 
you know, I, I, if I had to guess, Florida's probably the team to beat. I know Miami's in there, um, but Penn State probably sitting third in, in, in that recruitment at best. Yeah, LeBlanc, uh, considered a top 20 overall prospect. I didn't realize he was that high. When you mentioned that you weren't necessarily as high as, as the general thought uh, here, I had to double-check. Number 17 nationally, number three defensive lineman in the composite. He's number 81 overall. Him, Tamarian Parker out of Alabama, a couple long-distance visitors on the defensive line uh, due on campus that weekend, as I referenced. Um 2024 uh, movement on Monday to begin this week. Penn State uh, puts out an offer to a Florida State quarterback commit, Luke Kromenhoek. Uh, this one is interesting, and it got more interesting as I as I learned more about Luke because not only is he committed to uh, you know big time program in Florida State, but that was his first Power Five offer, and that has remained his only Power Five offer reported until Penn State put an offer on the table. He had Central Florida extend an offer during the winter, but Florida State saw him at camp last summer. They offered before he left campus. They got him on board not too long ago. And now here's Mike Yurcich, James Franklin, FaceTiming and extending an offer. And then I go and find, well, he did most of his work as a safety, as a receiver last year for a state championship team in Georgia. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you've seen from this guy, because there's a lot of intrigue here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess you're listening to probably like, why are we talking about 2024 quarterbacks? Well, Dylan Rayola, you know, the number one ranked prospect in the class of 2024, he just committed to Ohio State. Right. So, you know, some schools out there are still trying to figure out what they're doing in 23. Uh, Penn State's not one of them, but that's the luxury. You get your guy, you can start turn the page and, and start chipping away at 24. And we know how accelerated all this stuff is. You know, Luke, I, I, I've actually probably seen a, a, a lot of these 24s throw. Uh, probably more than than most people in person. I saw Luke at a at a camp outside of Orlando, and like you said, it was really important to get some eyes on him because if you turn on the huddle, like there's <laughs> the clips where he's like making tackles on special teams. You're like, wait, is this like the right guy? But no, you know, he played last season. Uh, he served as the number two um, at Savannah Benedict Christian, which won a a four A state title in Georgia. He was the backup to Holden Gurner. A, a, an elite 11 finalist, a top 247 quarterback that signed with Auburn, a guy that I expect one day to uh, appear for the Tigers. So the guy in front of him was pretty good. Uh, and, and I, you know, I think they just wanted to get him on the field and, and wide receiver safety. That was kind of the way to go. When it comes to him as a passer, you know, I wouldn't say he's the most polished of guys, but he's definitely got an arm, uh, quicker release. He can kind of, you know, spray it around. I think right now we have him as a, as a mid three star and Kind of my rule of thumb, my thought process is we got to see see you in the live bullets. And he's actually a kid that plays seven on seven. So I'm sure we're going to get more and more exposure to him. I do know this when Florida State took his commitment, you know, he worked a lot with Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham, who's now the OC at Oregon last summer when he was up at Florida State. And, you know, you've been to a college camp. These guys, if they step foot on your campus and you're throwing, I mean, they have the full film department out there. So they picked him apart. Norvell thinks he's a good passer, likes the mechanics, and that why that's why FSU took a commitment. We'll see how he looks this spring in his spring game. Um, but he's he's certainly uh, I don't want to say intriguing, but the, the, there's some 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 of the right measurables are there. And obviously, he's a he's a very good athlete, like we said, and he's a, he's a guy that I think could probably run the, the, some RPOs and, and some repass options just based on his athletic profile. We see it every cycle. A quarterback gets Power Five offers, or even commits to a Power Five program before they have started their first game, before they've they've had their first big game at quarterback at the high school level. Here's an example of that in Penn State uh, deciding to enter the pursuit at this stage. Um, 
Andrew, one other name here that's out of the region for Florida before we turn to a couple new Nittany Lions from the state of Florida is Zechariah uh, Flapjack Owens, uh, offensive lineman out of the state of Georgia. You do a great job of trying to cast a wide net covering Southeast recruiting region. It is a stocked region, so uh, it's hard to get to everybody, but I know you think quite highly of Owens' athletic profile. Yeah, you know, Owens, um, he's up there in Georgia um give me give me i i i, I saw your measurements i i've heard zachariah owens i think he came in at penn state six five and a half 385 pounds i've, I've heard 390 school gave to me last summer when that when they got him on campus um he's a big boy but to me he's a guy that's potentially going to make my freaks list so every year uh you know we're going to try to do this freaks list where it's guys and that current recruiting cycle that are essentially that freaks. It's like it's a, it's a play on Bruce Feldman's thing. Uh, and Zachariah Owens, why is he going to make the freaks list? If you if you look, there is video of him doing a running backflip into a pool, which to me is insane. At you know six five or six six, three hundred and eighty pounds. Like I'm I'm 185 pounds. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. And he's full on running on a wet pool deck and, and jumping in. Uh, and, and doing a backflip, so he, he he's pretty athletic, um, and you know he's a, a big, big, massive body. And you know we study the NFL draft. Who's we? Uh, the analysts at twenty four seven Sports. Um, and and the the rule of thumb has has been you want these leaner uh, guys coming out of high school. Those are the offensive tackles that get drafted these days. But we have seen some big boys uh, selected. Evan Neal. You know he's he's one of them. A guy Becton. Uh, and, th and those guys have some functional athleticism. So we see that with Zachariah Owens. You know, his recruitment seems to kind of really be all over the place. But Penn State is one of the only schools that got him or one of the schools that's far away that got him on campus for an unofficial uh, visit here during this spring period. So I like him. You know, I think we, he's in our top 100. Uh, his teammate, DJ Chester, is also really, really good. Uh, maybe even a better athlete. Uh, we also have him in the top two, four, seven. So whoever has to play Eagles Christian Landing or or whatever it is, good luck trying to get to the quarterback because both those boys are, are 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 pretty big. Penn State has four offensive linemen committed to the 2023 class. Still working to add a couple more here as things move along. Owens definitely a name to know on that radar. Uh, so Zane Durant, perhaps you've heard of him. You had mentioned him uh, on this podcast, I think, back in January, December, when we were dissecting some of the early enrollees, and you said Zane Durant. You were higher on him than perhaps the ranking reflected here at 24-7 Sports. All he did since he got to campus was create a ton of buzz, push himself seemingly into the two deep at defensive tackle, a position that you just don't see that happen with freshmen. Um, and it really feels like he's going to enter fall camp with a legitimate shot to play significant reps from week one moving forward. Yeah, you know, we have those uh, like a rankings chat. And then I saw, I think it was actually your tweet about Zane Duran or, or, or one of your guys' reports on, on lines 247. And I put it in there. I'm like, we should have had this kid a four-star. We're going to regret this right away. You know, I'm not surprised Zane Duran is, is, is doing what he did. I mean, when you looked at him coming out of high school, he was power cleaning, you know, 315 pounds. Um, he was a state weightlifter. Um, he was really good in the shot put in the discus. I believe he was a, a state qualifier. And his testing numbers were like insane for – someone his size and let's talk about that size you know he's not the biggest guy but to me i always thought this is someone who can play 30 pass rushing snaps or 30 snaps and give you a pass rushing presence from the middle so i'm not surprised at all uh i think we're gonna regret not having that fourth star next to him but he's a guy that i absolutely loved you know when i was at his his high school uh during the season i you know lake nona high 
um, what's nice to next to a nice golf course there in Orlando. But I was asking the coach, I'm like, Zane's kind of the, the only guy here. Like I'm sure other schools try to get him to transfer or poach him away. And he's like, yeah, you know, they did. But Zane, um, you know, he's been with this program since he was uh, a freshman and he wants to ride it out. And I think in this era, you got to respect that. I mean, especially with guys going in the transfer portal, guys searching for NIL deals and all that stuff like loyalty, I think it's hard, getting harder and harder to find. And I'm not surprised Zane has come in, established himself. And I think he's probably going to be a program guy for Penn State if there's no setback. So I'm fired up about that. I just really wish we had that fourth star next to his name. I mean, heck, dude, this guy was like playing tight end on the seven-on-seven circuit at some point. So uh, he's just always been um, a a, a really, really good athlete. Yeah, last time you were on, you talked about him flashing in punt coverage. And we're talking about a defensive tackle recruit. That's that's pretty extraordinary. Um, The other name to know here, and and it'll be a part of this roster next time they hit the practice field, is Cam Miller. Uh, Finished his high school career at Trinity Christian Academy in Jacksonville. Uh, Really a strong senior campaign there four-star status from 24-7 Sports, committed to the Penn State last summer. A guy that we thought was going to enroll early, ended up changing his plans. He'll be on campus soon. What do you think Penn State's adding? Because we've heard Terry Smith talk about this defensive backfield, and they feel like they've got some guys coming in who could be in prime position to push for consideration, maybe burn redshirt. You know, he's he's a, another one of those guys that I, I want to hang my hat on at some point. You know, I, we – Learned about him. Actually, the first time I saw Cam Miller was uh, first pa- camp my, after the pandemic. And I'll never forget. I mean, this ended up being a loaded underclassman report camp there in Jacksonville. And, and, and the DB coach working the drills was like, hey, well, keep an eye on this kid. And, and Cam had the big afro hair. And I'm like, all right, like whatever. I, I wrote the number down. And then we get the testing results. And Cam was like in the top five of every every drill with testing. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm tracking this guy. You know, he's at this weird school for Nana Beach, which is on essentially the border of, of Florida and Georgia. And, you know, I start learning more about him and I start watching his tape. I'm like, damn, this guy's tape's really good. Now he's a high school quarterback. But when he when you saw a little bit of him playing DB, you're like, this guy could be something as a defensive back. And then he, I saw him at a seven on seven tournament uh, playing corner. Uh, and he absolutely looked supernatural, fluid, uh, locked some guys down. Now, you know, we list him as a corner. I think he could potentially, you know, maybe be a safety, which is fine. I always tell people this, you know, there's not only two safeties on the field, a lot of schemes these days, there's three safeties on the field. So it's okay. You know, you don't, they don't all have to be corners. Uh, but I do think he gives you some versatility. Could be a slot guy, could be an outside guy, could be a box safety, maybe even a free safety. But he's just a really, really good athlete. I love the fact that he's got that quarterback background. He just seems like a natural when it comes to reading defenses. Now, I do think he got dinged up. And that's why he didn't participate in the Polynesian Bowl. But to me, I was always like, why are more schools not on this guy? Like at one point, I think Cam told me, and I think in his final group was like Air Force was a finalist for him when he picked uh, Penn State on, on CBS Sports HQ, right? And then we get late in the cycle. I think Florida kicked the tires on him. Maybe they would have flipped him if they knew about him a little bit earlier. But I think he's a, he's a steal for Penn State. and He's got NFL traits. So, you know, let's see him get coached up. But I would not be surprised if he becomes a guy for the Nittany Lions. 
Cam Miller, one of 18 players that will be added to this Penn State roster on scholarship between now and the start of fall camp. I, I had a full review of that uh, late last week up on lines247.com going through those 18 guys. Cam Miller is one I'm specifically excited to see because they've added a lot to this defensive backfield and will continue to do so with this freshman class. If you want to stick around, we got a five-star mailbag, Andrew, and it's related to something that you know well about. So uh, I'm going to drop it on you right now if that's cool. Absolutely, man. All right, let's check it. It's on J1 Cider, and I know covering Florida recruiting, uh, you may have heard of him all over the place uh, during recent years representing that Penn State brand. What kind of an impact has J1 Cider made for Penn State in attempts to recruit Florida, and are you surprised he has stayed with the Nittany Lions this long? Andrew, just to frame it for our listeners and for you, his first year here on campus was Miles Sanders' junior season miles sanders year that he stepped up and replaced saquon barkley that was 2018 here we are 2022 cider still the man in charge just brought in the number one running back recruit in the country i mean i'm sorry i got a text message i i, I was distracted i mean to me cider he's just been he's like a staple down here i mean everyone knows him he's obviously from bell glade i mean every kid when you mention oh they bring up penn state in their in their top five um you know Cider is automatically the reason I'm like, oh, it's Coach Cider. And they say, absolutely. I think what's been impressive is the fact that James Franklin has held on to Juwan Cider. I mean, every, every, I mean, there's been so much coaching turnover the past, what, three, four, five years at Florida's big three schools. Um, and it seems like every fan base, you know, whether that be at Florida, Florida State, or Miami, when they have a staff opening on the offensive side of the ball, it's like, well, can we go get Cider? Can we go get Cider? Like, Cider would be the guy that we need because he's so well uh, accepted and interconnected in, in, in Broward County and Palm Beach County, which is where he's originally from, and he's down in Dade County. And I think he's really expanded to other parts uh, of the state. So I, I think he's probably worth every penny right now for Penn State, just in terms of the access he gets them to certain kids. And not only that, he closes with certain kids. And I think that's that's something else that is really, really big in recruiting. Yeah, man, a lot of guys can get guys on campus, but can you close? And I think over the past few years, we've seen Cider has been able to do just that. Well, Andrew, we appreciate it. You gave us a ton of time here. I know the phone doesn't really stop for you, so setting time for a podcast is something that we really appreciate. Oh, absolutely, man. Glad, glad to be here. I'll say this. I went up to Penn State last year for the Auburn game, and that was my first look. At, at, uh, at State College and all that stuff. And I really enjoyed myself, um, went up with some buddies. So that was a ton of fun. And I, I wanted to go on that trip because so many kids from down here visit up there. And I just I just needed to experience and see it. Now I kind of get it. Um, so it makes this job a little bit easier. If you were looking for a sample size of what this place is like, that was a good time to, to poke <laughs> your head in for a whiteout against Auburn, man. Uh, hey, Andrew, thanks a lot. We'll be following your coverage. It keeps popping up at lines247.com. Uh, you, you do an awesome job down there. We appreciate you for hopping on with us here. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. A bunch of stuff there on Florida recruiting. Penn State's rolling it to dive through. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Andrew. We'll have him on again uh, here on the podcast down the road. Uh, Brian Doan, looking more regionally here on the recruiting trail, did a great job breaking down what he saw, what he heard with some VIP notes up at Lions247.com on Tuesday. Coming out of that UC report camp in New Jersey, shared some thoughts on Penn State commit Joshua Miller, who's really shown off some athleticism lately, drawn some interest from other schools. Samson Lola was a top performer there in New Jersey, a, a, a top target for Penn State remaining on their offensive line board. Um, one other note here that involves Brian Doan, who was on our last episode of this podcast, Ajani Shakir is uh, starting to get to the final stages of his recruitment, setting up some official visits. Uh, Penn State is on that list. West Virginia has been mentioned, but he's a guy who has been very much a long-term target for the Nittany Lions dating back to his freshman year. Brian put a crystal ball pick in for him to land with the Nittany Lions toward the end of last week. I followed with my own on Monday. This is certainly one to watch, one we will be watching. Penn State has not yet addressed its wide receiver position in the 2023 recruiting class. Signed four guys to that position last cycle, of course, uh, but it's one they're still working on. Rodney Gallagher, a big name to know there, as we talked about at the top of the show, due for a July 4th commitment date. But uh, Shakir, out of uh, Winslow Township High School in South Jersey, we've discussed some ties there with Bill Belton on the coaching staff. Christian Hackenberg has been on that coaching staff, a couple former Nittany Lions. But this is a guy whose relationship with Penn State predates Winslow Township. He was at Pensalkin High School, again, uh, offered more than two years ago at this point. Uh, so just some notable crystal ball movement there as Penn State tries to sort through its 2023 recruiting class. We've got some position pre battle previews. We've got some post-spring roundtables coming up to lines247.com. We put the focus on the team, but recruiting news is going to continue to kind of shake things up here going into June. We got you covered here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Big thanks to Andrew for helping us out. We'll be back with another episode this week to help break things down. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Tyler Donahue. We'll talk to you soon. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.